Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and once again, I am alone but together with Dairy Field head coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing today? Joe, doing good. It was a nice day out today. It's good to get out. We went for a little walk again today, got some exercise in. So, you know, another week another week in the books. Excellent. I did my weekly uh, grocery-slash-supply grocery shopping. Uh it gets crazier every week, I feel like, but I guess that's just uh, that's what, what we're going to have to deal with here. Yep. Uh, we've got a, uh, a pretty big show for you this week. Uh, we'll be joined once again by two guests, uh, new Pinkerton boys lacrosse coach Steve Godreau will be joining us, uh, along with uh, Hollis Brookline girls lacrosse coach Jim Maxwell. As always, you can send us uh, questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. You can listen to the lacrosse show every Thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com. And I uh, just want to give everyone a reminder, too, that uh, you still have time to reserve your uh, your senior page, uh, but you might want to do so soon. Uh, right now, we've only got a limited number of spots, uh, so you don't want to miss out on that. Uh, if you need some more information, want to find out what that is and how to go about it, you can do so uh, at nh-highschoolsports.com. Up at the top of the, uh, the home page there, there's a tab that says um senior pages just click on that and and you're you're ready to go you know joe i'm really looking forward to today's show you know uh as you as you alluded to there steve is is a new coach at pinkerton this year but he's not new to the coaching scene in new hampshire he's been around for a long time uh excited to dive into his uh his coaching history and what he's done in new hampshire and even outside of new hampshire um, you know, I don't want to divulge too much right now, but, you know, he's had an extensive coaching career and been very successful at, at a lot of his stops. And then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to hear from Jim and, and the, uh, you know, the sort of the rebirth and the rebuild of, of the Hollis Brookline girls program. I remember for a long time in Division three before they moved up, they, they were the team to beat year in and year out there. They were the ones that set the bar. So, um, you know, two two very interesting coaches, in my opinion, today to talk to. Yeah, you know, it's it's. um funny you look back at um what they were in division three those couple of years there i think it was 09 and, and 10 they won championships and um, that group of seniors that they had that in that 2010 year um you know i don't think any of them played outside of the goalie um anyone played a full game even in the championship like they were they were just so dominant in those years that the the starters would play and starters and and, and subs would play um you know, maybe two thirds of the first half, they'd get like a, a very comfortable lead. They'd come out, you know, the, the younger kids would get a chance to play and then they would do the same thing kind of in the second half. And it was really, uh, they were a fun program to watch then a fun program. Now the last couple of years, you know, they've been very successful, successful. You know, with the new turf there, a lot of excitement building there. It's too bad, too bad. They didn't get out this spring, but um, you know, definitely, definitely a team on the rise and will continue to be a good team in the years to come. You know, you hearing anything, uh, anything, you know, interesting going on around the, the lacrosse world, um, you know, not just maybe in New Hampshire, but anything anywhere else that, uh, you know, that we haven't been talking about or, or that. Well, there's a lot of pre-planning. We, we've kind of alluded to it um, in, in previous episodes, you know, especially in Massachusetts. There's a lot of coaches getting together to try and plan senior all-star games, not just in lacrosse, but in, but in a lot of different sports. Um a lot of creative ideas being thrown out around, you know, during the summer, maybe there is more of a focus um, on, on the spring teams that didn't get a chance to play. And, you know, you do weekly scrimmages, you know, I was thinking about, you know, could we, 
each week, you know, we decide that, okay, Derryfield and Concord are going to get together. And then the next week, Derryfield and Portsmouth are going to get together. And like, you know, you do, you know, a joint practice or you do a scrimmage, a friendly or something, you know, just to, just to get out there and have the kids be able to put on the uniform. And, um, you know, that's the only, the only good part about this right now is our, our turf was going to be torn up for six to eight weeks during the summer to get replaced. And now they're doing it now and it's only going to take them two or three weeks. So we're going to get it back. So if there is a, if there is a summer, uh, we'll, we'll have a brand new turf to play on too. So, um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of, I, I think it's just still in that wait and see pattern, but there is, there's a lot of planning going on. I will let you in on a little, uh, insight that there is some discussion, uh, in the state about what to do in the fall. If the situation is maybe not improving as much as they'd like, they're talking about having contact sports, maybe all of them play in the spring, which Ooh. would include football and other things like that, that how would that, that would kind of throw a monkey wrench into a lot of kids' decisions on, you know, being two and three sport athletes, yeah. then you'd yeah. have to make some decisions. But I think right now everyone's just trying to do whatever they can to, to give kids an opportunity to play and, and for all sports to play next year. So while it wouldn't be great, I, it is a creative idea to kind of move the football season. I think they're kind of looking at the, the college model and right, um, yeah. trying to see if that, you know, if that could work. Um, yeah. Cause they've been, I know selfishly about... from my perspective, I don't want to see it happen because <laughs> definitely being that dairy field doesn't have any, any uh, football team, we wouldn't lose kids there, but I know a lot of other programs right. in the area would. So uh, it would definitely negatively impact the sport of lacrosse. If yeah, that happens. Cause, Cause the, uh, the colleges are possibly talking about moving the football season to the spring. Um, yeah. Yeah. That would make for, uh, a lot of interesting decisions, um, both on the part of students trying to decide what sport to play. Uh, if they play, you know, multiple sports in multiple seasons, uh, would also make for some interesting decisions on my part. Uh, what would I be doing Friday nights? <laughs> you know, it's already, you might, you might be doing both. You might get a, you might get a lacrosse football double header in. Yeah. Four o'clock lacrosse game and then running over to a, uh, seven o'clock football game uh next spring. why do we got to be the stepchild how come you can't how come you can't have friday night lacrosse lights uh, why, why is it gonna be well because no because none of the football I'm teams good. play at four o'clock fair enough <laughs> I, hey i i would i i've i've done that before when there have been early games on fridays i've i've been the crazy man that's gone to the four o'clock football game and then turned around and gone to a seven o'clock game but that uh, is i mean that is something we as ad's have discussed like you know if we did have to do something like that then all of a sudden you're running into field space issues where you might have yeah. to get creative like that. You might have a home lacrosse game at four o'clock followed by a home football game at seven o'clock, you know, something like you might have, which could be actually really cool. Yeah. It could, oh, it could yeah. be a really neat thing. Um, you know, again, it doesn't solve the problem of kids having to make a choice between what sport they're going to play. But from a, from a school spirit standpoint, um, it could, it could end up in a lot of neat situations, but it will make practices more difficult. You know, practice space will become a premium when you have as many field sports trying to play at one time. And again, I don't want our listeners thinking that this is this like is, definitely yeah, going to happen. Set in stone. This no, is just, no. you know, everybody, I think the ADs are all doing their part to try and look ahead and, and plan and see if there's things that we can do to put in place so that we're being proactive and not reactive. Yeah. When yeah. The situation. I think the that's, that's the best so. news is that, that there are actually things being discussed, uh, plans, tentatively being made or or at least in the pre pre planning stages you know that 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 something is maybe is going to be worked out you know that's i think that's the biggest thing yeah like you said no no yep. no this is is a guarantee um you know and it's it's going to be a while till we really know even what's going to happen in the fall regardless uh so you know it's good to hear that there's something going on yep i've even heard discussions of you know like 
maybe maybe the teams maybe the teams have to play play with masks on under their helmets and yeah. you know when you get off the bus you know they're taking it sounds crazy but like you know you're taking temperatures you're doing that kind of stuff and you know a lot of people say oh it's just too much work well it is a lot of work but like if we maybe for for a limited amount of time we've got to do that to try and make some things happen and you know i think i think most most ADs are on board with it. Like if, if that's what we got to do to make it happen so that kids can play and do it safely, then, you know, we do that for a year. And until so we figure it out. Um, so you're definitely, you're definitely right. People are, people are planning. We're, we're doing everything we can to try and um, be proactive and see if there's a solution to it. Well, let's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that uh, later in the spring uh, for sure. Cause I'm sure some, as we move forward, some things will be figured out, but right now, uh, I'd like to uh, bring in our first guest, uh, Pinkerton head coach uh, Steve Gaudreau. So let's do that right now. And Steve, how are you doing tonight? You know, I can't complain. Just uh, another day here in paradise. I, th- I think you could complain, Steve, and I think you'd be all right. Like I think we could all complain. <laughs> trying to stay positive. I, uh, Very you know, Trying to lead people. So they're they're looking at me. <laughs> Uh, it's going well. We're uh, we only missed one Google meeting for my kids this week, so you know, we're doing all right. Of course, uh, Steve taking over the uh, the Pinkerton Boys Lacrosse program, stepping in for uh, for legendary coach Brian O'Reilly. Uh, and I know you and I talked uh, a lot last week about you know what it's been like for you, uh, but just uh, you know if you can kind of uh, repeat a couple of those thoughts you know just how how has it been you know you were an assistant coach for for two years before stepping up um and you know what's it kind of like you know uh getting up each day and 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 being the the head boys lacrosse coach at Pinkerton uh you know certainly it's I wouldn't say it's firmly sunk in yet because uh you know game one hasn't taken place uh, with me as the head coach but you know ever since three years ago when I started working at Pinkerton um, on the ac- academic side of things, it's been a great place. You know, I've, I felt like it was home immediately. Um, you know, the, the staff, everybody that's, that's part of the school, the, the community, the alumni, everybody's been, been so welcoming and great and supportive and been able to kind of, uh, you know, really get involved in, in a number of different areas. And it's, it's, you know, I'm excited, you know, once, uh, certainly once, once things get up and running again, it'll be, uh, It'll be great to get in there. Steve, remind that, you know, we were talking before you came on, you know, you're new, you're new to Pinkerton, but like you're not new to the New Hampshire coaching scene or coaching in general. Tell, tell the listeners a little bit about what your coaching background was before you came here. You've had a lot of success in a lot of different places. Sure. You know, I started, uh, you know, I played at St. A's locally and, uh, and, you know, well, before that high school wise played at Nashville high. So, you know, I got a lot of ties in Nashua. And as I mentioned to Joe last week, you know, growing up in, in the, in the youth system in Nashua, it was always our goal to be, to be like Derry and to, to be like Pinkerton. And, um, so it's, it's, it's kind of funny, uh, growing up on the other side of that, but, um, so went to St. A's, played at St. A's. And then really after I graduated, wanted to get right into coaching, um, you know, as a kid, it was my dad was a coach, my brother, older brother was a coach, so I was always hanging around those guys. And um, you know, I, I I wanted to get right into it right away. And and I Jim Kaufman and Bo gave me the opportunity, you know, right after right after college to jump in with a varsity job immediately. Um, 
you know, no pressure. I, I took over a program that had, uh, I know this will sound familiar that it just won two state championships, um, <laughs> at the division two level, uh, with Bill Lawson, who, who did a tremendous job. And, uh, we were able to win, uh, you know, their third in 2004. And then, um, I was there for, through the 2009 season. Um, we won in 2008 and 2009 and my brother was right there with me who was teaching at the school as well. And then, had a chance to go and coach at my alma mater at St. A's, um, which is a great opportunity, and, and uh, you know got to help build that program, take that program um, from Coach Senator, and uh, and yeah, so and then took some time off. It's been uh, you know it's been nice to be a youth coach for uh, for a number of years and just kind of uh, watch my be able to coach my kids, watch my kids develop and get involved in town and. And now it's just kind of one of those things where it felt like the right time. I think when, you know, it's funny, I started, I, I became the varsity bass fishing coach at Pinkerton. And I think when I started to run that, like, uh, like a lacrosse team, I said to myself, I probably should start to, to pick up lacrosse <laughs> a little more seriously, uh, going forward. Do you, so, you make the, do you make the fishing um, kids run laps or they, or, or what are they, what are they doing? Uh, not the a lot of running, but I think some of them, uh, I think, think some of them term, turned heads when I took over a couple of years ago and I was like, all right, this is what we need to do. And uh, it's funny, Coach uh, Matt Gerard, who used to be the Bedford coach, a good friend, and he's the, he's the bass fishing coach at Bedford, so we get to compete on the water in the fall, which is kind of funny. Um, you know, and it, it's, there's a lot of other guys that I know that, you know, coach another sport that are involved in it, so it's it's been a lot of fun. But, um, you know, Coach O'Reilly always gives me a hard time for being the bass fishing coach, so uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, we, we have a good time with that. So, scouting reports you put together a scouting report. You got lake reports. You got anything? We, uh, you got it. I'll tell you that the, you know, from a so, you know, I, my background is a social studies teacher, and now I'm the department head at Pinkerton. But the maps, you know, the depth maps, the amount of detail that you can go into that you really should go into if you want to if you want to do it the right way is is unbelievable and you know we've had really good kids who are into it which has helped that they've taught me a lot but it is it's talk about scouting reports man i mean when you're you know you're trying to break down a, a lake that's uh the size of lake winnipesaukee it's uh it's uh it's pretty interesting <laughs> are you starting to see crawl are you starting to see crossover athletes do we have the tiger woods effect uh, in in bass fishing right now are, are kids working out to, to get well, I've, I've started to I've started to recruit uh, Hunter Druin is uh, he, he's been known <laughs> to fish from time to time. So I'm trying to make him realize that uh, you know he can uh, play his fall tomahawk season and still be part of the bass fishing team in the fall. So we'll see how that works out. <laughs> I think I think the next big question is 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 why hasn't Coach Hetler started a, a dairy field bass fish, fishing uh, program? I think it's got to be there. Yeah, I think you know we don't have we don't have the money that Pinkerton does. We don't have the we don't have the ability. To... <laughs> um, I think man. I think that's next on there. We're getting a bass fishing to you, and we're coming after you. The cougar the cougars are coming after you next year. There's got to be somebody at Darryfield with a boat. Come on, right? <laughs> definitely is. We'll, we'll make that happen. We we'll make that happen. Uh, like that, Steve. You know, you mentioned um, kind of funny that that you step in at Bow um, after they've won back to back championships, doing the same thing here at Pinkerton. I used to, the biggest difference, obviously, aside from having the experience now, um, you've been at Pinkerton a couple of years. How much of a difference, you know, do you think that makes for you? You know, just that you've you've been around. The kids know who you are. You're not just, you know, jumping right in here. I think it's I think it's really important. You know, it's funny. I was going to be in a unique position this year 
having been the JV coach two years ago and then, you know, the defensive assistant last year, you know, really having to be able to work with a large number of the kids that I was going to have be part of the varsity this year. So, um, and I think even moving forward, you know, even just, you know, being in the school is so hugely important. Um, you know, mentoring these kids. There's as much as our season, uh, you know, didn't work out this year. There's so much behind the season, scenes, and Coach Hatler can attest to this. Just being in the school, the conversations you have with kids, the mentoring um, that goes such a long way. So to not only be in the school but be part of the program, um, it, you know, it, it certainly puts me in a position that, um, you know, that 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 will help. Um, you know, and I think that. That's going to be the, the the focus next year. Is is the minute we can get back to to normal is to to start those conversations again, start to build those relationships, and uh, you know get get going with those opportunities where we can work with kids. So, Steve, I totally agree with you. I don't I don't think it's it's a requirement to be to be a high school coach to you know to be in the same school and stuff like that. But it definitely it definitely helps. It makes it so much easier when you go out on the field and you have that shared relationship that that. Um, shared experience of the day where you know you've gone through the stresses together you've had the ups and downs and you know they just they trust you you've built that relationship like you talked about it makes things a little bit easier when when you're able to get on the kids and they know that it's coming from a place of you want to see them get better um so you know that was uh how do you think that would that leads me into my next question here Pinkerton to me has always been a blue collar, a hardworking team. They're going to, they're going to come after you. They're going to play intense defense. You know, what do you, do you anticipate the team's identity changing at all? Do you, are you, you know, from your past coaching experience, are you going to bring anything different to the team or do we have to wait and see? I mean, honestly, I, I think partly, um, you know, you, you, you have plans. You don't really know how it's going to play out until, you see things are out there and, you know, being part of different programs and different settings. Um, I certainly have a way of, of things, you know, a way of doing things that I, that, that I'm comfortable with and that I, that I, you know, have seen lead to success. So we're going to continue to go with that. But the good thing, again, back to your point, uh, the last point is I've had a chance to implement some of those things the last two years. And, and, and I've also had the chance to join the program and work with the coaches and work with coach O'Reilly and I tell you, one of the, the the biggest things from day one, and you know, my wife can attest to this. When I I can remember coming home from one of my first couple of practices and just being like, "This is this is like every staff that I've built." You know, being part of the staff at Pinkerton and coaching with these guys from day one. Even you know, a few years ago when I was the JV coach and 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 working with you know the guys, Coach O'Reilly and Coach Ozer and Coach Robertson and and all those guys. Um, it was, it was one of those things where I, I, it just seemed to fit. And, um, so, you know, to answer your question, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I look at it like I, I've been working towards this, you know, the last few years. And my goal is to continue that tradition, continue that style of play. And I think that blue collar, hard nosed multi-sport athlete is what kind of what, where our success has been. I think that has to continue for us to be. Um, where we need to be. So, uh, you know, I'm certainly going to embrace and what we've done and continue with it. And, you know, I'm cert- certainly there'll be a little bit of, uh, you know, my spin here and there. But, um, you know, I think the, the kids we get are, are there and they have a mission and they want to continue that that Pinkerton lacrosse tradition too. So, um, I th- you know, I, I think uh, to make too many changes too soon would, would be certainly foolish. 
you know. not necessary based on based on the success no, of Phil and Ted. No, I mean, certainly you know. no way. I mean, yeah, and I think that, like I said, and Coach O'Reilly was so good. Um, you know, he he w- was a great communicator with his assistants and gave his assistants a lot of autonomy with the uh, with the team. So, you know, I had a chance last year to really put my imprint and and, and work some things that that I had done at St. A's and at Bo uh, into our defense and continue to build off the things that. That Bill Robertson had done the year, a couple of years before, and um, so yeah, it, it really worked out well. And so I think that, you know, for me, it was, you know, it sets up in a, in a good spot, and uh, I'm certainly, certainly looking forward to it. It's going to be unique in the fact that when we do get back, it'll be I'll have two classes of kids that have haven't played for Coach O'Reilly and haven't played for me. So um, that'll be a little unique in getting those kids on on the same page. But certainly looking forward to it. Well, Coach certainly trusts you. I, I talked to him earlier this year, and, you know, I asked him, are you, you know, he's still going to come to practices? you going to be around? And he said, look, I didn't trust Steve. He wouldn't have gotten the job. And if I show <laughs> up to practices, why would I Why I retire, though? I'm, I'm yeah. not coming in, you know. And so he uh, he's like, yeah, I'll probably come watch some games. But, you know, <laughs> he definitely, I'll tell you, he I, definitely I, feels the program's in good hands. So. Yeah, you know, and it's funny, like, I and I've said this to, to my wife, and, and I said, man, it would be awesome if, like, Coach O'Reilly just continued to coach. I could just be his assistant because this is awesome. I mean, this is this is great. I mean, it's it's honestly the experience, and uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. You know, for me, like, I know, you know, Coach Hetz, I know you you probably feel the same way. You know, part of coaching is you 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 build you 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 have a staff with you. You build camaraderie and. I've had great groups in, in Bo. I've had great groups when I was at St. A's and, uh, and now, and, and at Pinkerton, like I said, the day that I stepped on campus, it's like we had that on, on those staffs that we had the last couple of years. So, um, you know, that, I certainly value that and want to continue that. You, you, you mentioned, um, of course, Pinkerton's tradition and over the last, I don't know, well, definitely the last, what, seven or eight years, and going back, what, to 2005, the tradition's kind of been Pinkerton, BG. Um, you know, it's been a, a, a final, you know, the, the championship game, like I said, the last seven or eight years. You know, just, um, of course, you know, you mentioned being a Nashua guy. Obviously, it's not the same Nashua school that, that you and I went to. Um, but, you know, this um, this rivalry, I mean, just what is your, you know, as someone who's just kind of new to it the last couple of years, what have you, is your just take on it? And, I mean, it, it, I think you know you talk to a lot of people, and it may be uh, the you know one of, if not the best rivalry. I think com- at least uh, competitively in in the state. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's you know going back again to my time growing up in Nashua, playing at Nashua High when it was one school. You know, there was you you, you, all, you were trying to be Pinkerton, and you had to beat BG. Um, those were the two, like, you know, the two mantras there. So, you know, for me, uh, the BG rivalry, I grew up with that being the public school kid in Nashua. Um, you know, and we, you know, I, I was part of the, the teams that would play, um, we would play BG in, in home and stadium when they used to line the outfield. And, uh, so that rivalry to me has always been something that's there. And now that I'm at Pinkerton and seeing the two programs emerge, um, it's certainly continued. And, 
we have a lot of respect for those guys. Um, you know, you can't take away everything that they've, you know, done and achieved and continue to achieve. And, you know, they have great players and great coaches. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to being part of it. Um, you know, we, you know, the last, the last two years and, and, and certainly in the regular season playoff run and, I think both teams have pushed pushed each other, and uh, you know we've we've been lucky the last couple of years to to come out on top. But I think it it continues to set up for you know for for us to compete down the road here, and and I'm certainly looking forward to it. So Steve, I think one of the things that we've been trying to do this this spring with continuing the radio show and stuff is just you know honor all the hard work that the kids have put in, and so kind of in that respect. Who would, who would have been some of the kids that you would have really looked to, you know, that, that have been your leaders this year? And then, you know, if, you, if we've got time, who are some of the kids that you're really excited about getting that chance to work with next year? Sure. I mean, if you look at our senior class, I mean, and that's one of the most difficult things, you know, you look at that senior class. Again, I'm lucky enough to have worked with some of those kids the last few years. Certainly the last year ended on a positive note for us. So, you know, to be able to have that experience with some of those guys was was looking back on it really, really, really important now, but we were going to rely heavily. There's no mystery about it on, you know, Mason Druin from the midfield. He's had such a great career and done so much as a lacrosse player. And as a person, you know, multi-sport athlete with hockey, Mason was going to be another kid we leaned on. And, and John Holland really emerged from the defensive side. John and I have, you know, taught again, going back to last year in my role with the defense, John and I have worked closely together and, um, you know, coincidentally, John's going on the same age and he's going to be a Hawk. So, uh, you know, he, he, he's a great kid and, and again, another great person. And, you know, I look at those, those kids and those are the kind of kids you want to build your program uh, around. And, you know, kids like Connor McCormick, who was kind of more in a reserve role last year at the attack position, going on to play at Franklin Pierce. He's a kid that actually played a little bit for me two years ago on my JV team. Um, was our leading scorer and and really just a just a great kid, hard nosed, hardworking kid. And um, you know, again, he he was gonna we we're gonna rely heavily on him. And there's no mystery, you know, Nate Will Liberty. Uh, I had enough people tell me what I was getting back in Nate Will Liberty. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, and I think I was telling Joe this last week is, you know, funny. I got a chance to coach. Nate was my assistant um, when my when my son's Tomahawks team, my my uh, our fifth, his fifth grade team, and I got a chance to just coach youth lacrosse with Nate, um, you know, the, in the the summer and in the in the fall, and and uh, it was it was kind of nice. Got to know Nate on on a whole different level, and it was looking forward to obviously taking that next level to be his coach. And um, so you know, in our senior class is just filled with guys that again. We had a lot of guys in reserve roles last year. Jack Ludden, Jeff Hodman, Andrew Hassler was going to probably, uh, you know, be our goalie. Guys that were kind of in that reserve role that were going to, you know, step up and, and be big parts this this year. So, um, you know, we we're looking at about ten seniors that were probably going to be in the squad. So, certainly miss those guys. Miss having an opportunity with those guys. You know, I think looking at next year. Um, you know, again, we still have a Druin on the roster that we're going to rely heavily on. Um, Hunter will be back. And, um, you know, we, we still have two-thirds of our our first midfield from our, well, what was last year now, our, our last state championship team, Jackson Morissette, Jackson Morissette and Riley Spellman 
So those two guys, we're looking at big years from them this year, and certainly next year, Jackson will be a senior, Riley will be a uh, junior. So, um, you know, that's a good start. Um, you know, defensively, De- Declan Turner, John Zanitti will probably um, compete and, and be between the pipes for us. So, um, you know, we, we got we, we had a really good, strong senior uh, and junior class coming in this year. So, um, you know, we met with those guys. I think certainly it, we're, we're hoping that, you know, and continuing to push the idea that adversity builds character and, and makes you stronger. And I think looking at next year, we're, we're hoping to get into that and, you know, make that come true. I've been doing a, a COVID quarantine house with my guys on, uh, yeah. on social media and stuff. I want to know, okay, who, who leads the haircuts? Who's doing the crazy haircuts on the team? Who's got the best haircut? Who's doing it? Who, who's the guy that's going to be leading the crazy haircuts? Who's going to be giving the? I don't. I don't know if anybody's got that. I, I don't know who uh, who's going to be leading the crazy haircuts. I can tell you that uh, we got a kid that's. Uh, he'll probably be. He's one of our LSMs, Kiyoshi Dustin. He'll he. Last time we did. Okay. When we met when we met and did a Google, our last kind of send off Google Meet. His hair was flowing like you read about. So, <laughs> I mean, I would put, I don't know what he's planning on with that, but he's been working on that for a while. So, Kiyoshi, uh, he's he's going to be the guy. If he keeps that going until next spring, he's going to, he'll be there for you. All right. How about team, how about team jokester? Who's bringing, who's bringing the jokes? Who brings the entertainment? Oh, jokes. I don't know. You know, it's funny you, when you, when you have all these kids that, you know, you essentially have all the upperclassmen that aren't there anymore. And, uh, you know, Connor McCormick was our joke guy. Um, okay. he, was, he was kind of our guy that, uh, I don't know if he did it intentionally all the time, but, or maybe it's just me. I always seem to poke fun at him. And again, that goes back to our relationship the last couple of years, but, uh, I'd say he's probably the guy, um, you know, again, a lot of these other guys are, are pretty quiet. They, they don't know, they haven't really, you know, stepped up yet. So, We'll see. Well, uh, Hunter's all business, so I'm not going to give him that title. Yeah. All right. Last one. Who's got? Who's bringing the music to practice? Who's got? Who's got? Who's got the best beats on the team? Music. Uh, I mean, that's tough. That's that's uh, the jury's out on that one. I, I, uh, <laughs> Why? Because you don't like jury's... you don't like the music, or? Yeah. I mean, it was always uh, that was Gennaro was kind of our, our. I feel like Gennaro was our music guy the last couple of years. So uh, maybe maybe Joe Mara. Uh, he's another one. He's he's another guy that the senior that we would have had this year that would have been a huge huge uh, impact guy for us. So um, if Joe was uh, again, we were hope, certainly hoping that Joe would continue uh, his brother's work in the faceoff circle. So maybe in the DJ booth too. I, I think you liked Coach Hetler's playlist at camp last year, though. I think you. Oh, Coach Hetler's yeah. Coach Hetz has always done a it's all, <laughs> those long camp days. The key is to get your uh, to get your field next to the goalie workout so that you can, uh, you know, the time goes by a little quicker. Time goes by a little the quicker. kids move a little faster. So, anytime Billy, anytime you can get some Billy Ocean playing, time goes by like that. So. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. He is uh, Pinkerton Boys lacrosse coach Steve Godreau. Uh Steve, I want to just uh, say thank you again for joining us, and uh, we we definitely appreciate the time. And uh, you know, of course, good luck with. Uh, with what you guys are doing in the off season and, and hope and hopefully we'll get to see you at some point uh maybe over the summer or something. All right guys, I appreciate it. And I'd like to thank uh Coach Godreau for joining us. And right now we're about to uh we've got our, our second guest of the day with us, uh, Hollis Brookline Girls Lacrosse Coach Jim Maxwell. Jim, how you doing tonight? Great. How you doing, Joe? I'm hanging in there. 
just uh, I think like I think like everybody at this else at this point, you know, we're uh, we're all uh, we're lucky. We know it's it is. Is it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> uh, you know, I wanted so uh, as you're saying, coach of the uh, the girls program over there at Hollis Brookline. Uh, you've been there. This was going to be your what th- third year, right? Uh, third year as head coach. Head coach yeah. yeah. Um, you know, can you just talk a little bit about you know where you guys have come from? Of course, um, you know you took over a program that um, had gone through what I think four head coaches. You were the fourth head coach in the fourth year, kind of thing. Yes. Um, you know, you guys had gone from Division three to Division one to now in Division two. Just, you know, how, how have you guys been able to turn things around? Uh, of course, making the championship game uh, two years ago and, a, and a, the number two seed last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the, the biggest change that we had in the program, and I've been watching the program, I have a kid in the program for, you know, since 2012. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing was when Ashley Derepo came in and when she came in in 2017, um, she really brought something from UMass Lowell where she was the assistant coach there. And she, she really showed the girls and myself what it really took to, you know, to be a good program. And she was the, the not taking anything away from the previous coaches, um, it was, it was something that really took the program to the next level. And then I tried to, when I took the head coaching job the following year, uh, in 2018, you know, that was really, I saw the path that she started with and tried to take it from there. And that's kind of how we've grown the, the program. So Jim, what, what, so, you know, you guys have done a lot to bring the program back and obviously with the, the spring, you know, throwing a monkey wrench and things here. What were you guys doing to kind of prepare for the season while we still thought we were going to have in a season? And are you guys still doing things now? I'm very curious to know what, what coaches were doing remotely and then, you know, how, what are you doing to kind of, you know, plan for the future? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're always working in the off season, regardless of this is just a spring season. For me, it's a year round job. Uh, And I think it's for the girls as well. I mean, they really worked hard this off season to prepare to, go after the championship after a disappointing season last year and losing in the semifinals to Winnicott. Um, and I think the girls are even more motivated than ever to, to do stuff in the off season. Um, you know, we were, this is the first year that we actually put a couple teams out there in the Tomahawks indoor league. Um, we were, you know, these girls were getting together. We were doing skill stuff during the off season within NHIA rules. We were doing wall ball once a week. You know, we we're doing a bunch of different things just to keep the girls sticks in their hands and to keep them active. Um, then obviously with the news of kind of the season being shortened, I didn't want to stop there. I mean, it's, it's not fair to the girls. We, we could have just shut it off and just said, Oh, well. Um, so what we started to do on our side is we started to do film sessions. Um, we've been doing those film sessions for about a month and a half now. Uh, where and we just had one tonight actually, where we're either watching college games or watching previous games for us, and you know even next week we have in the next session that we have on next Wednesday, we're going to be doing the BC game with Maryland. So I reached out to Dempsey Arsenal and asked her if she'd be willing to jump on the Zoom call with the kids to watch part of one of their games for a half hour. And we're just doing a half hour, just quick hits, just to keep the kids involved. And, and 
you know, we also did these bingo things. We've done a whole bunch of things in the off season just to keep the girls something in front of them to keep the communication going, keep their desire to be on the lacrosse field and to get better. We have to keep fueling that. And so we tried a bunch of different ways and some things have been successful and some things not as much, but for the most part, we're keeping the program going because we have to. You know, and, I'm glad to hear that you, you you'll freely admit that some things have not been as successful as others. Cause I I'm right with you, Jim. I've, I've tried a bunch of different things kind of like you. We've done game film. We've done some social media stuff. We've done some jeopardy and trivia. We've done bingo, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I agree with you. It's, it's important to keep the kids together and build that community, but some things have definitely been more successful than others. So it's good to know other people are in the same boat. And we're all learning, right? Yeah. This is, this is different for everyone. It's not just the coaching world. It's everyone's changing the habits and the behaviors and some stuff you get, you got to keep trying, right? So just like we would tell our kids on the lacrosse field, we're not going to say, well, when you fail once that you just stop, you're going to keep trying. What can we do differently next time to make it more, you know, in the off season stuff, you know, make it more interactive to get the kids want to, to talk and communicate with each other. Cause team culture in my mind is probably the most important thing. You can have the most talented group of kids out there, but if there's no team culture, you're not going to be successful. So along those lines, thinking outside of outside of game film breakdown, what what has what has been some one of more of the one if you don't mind sharing it, what has been one of more of the successful things you guys have done? Yeah, the the, the bingo thing that we did, um, and I've, since then I've seen a whole bunch of other lacrosse bingo things out there, and everyone does it a little bit differently. But basically, I was just sitting there one day saying, you know, I just call out a letter. I basically gave them twenty oh, whatever whatever a board has twenty five different positions there. Each each letter had an activity associated with it. You had to record yourself and post it and send it to the, the captains at the time. And they would post it on our Instagram page just to prove that the kids were actually doing the stuff. And then if you did the daily activity, you got to, you know, fill in that box with, from a bingo perspective. We ran through that once, um, you know, just to go back to like what works, what doesn't work. You know, we ran through that once and it was only like seven or eight days that we were doing it and someone got a bingo. So then we mixed it up and we changed out how you could win, which was a little more complex. Uh, and, you know, it, it just it kept the game going a little bit longer. Yeah, nice. sounds pretty so, cool. Yeah. Keep everyone involved too. I mean, yeah, you got to be probably the longest bingo game uh, on record too, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and one thing we've been, we've been trying to do too, and, and I know you and I talked a lot about, um, your seniors, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, but just, you know, can you tell us, of course, um, you know, the two, uh, the, the couple we talked about Paisley Broadhurst, Tasha White, um, you know, who were some other girls that, um, you know, you were, you were looking at to really step up and lead this year and, and be, and, or, and who were some kids, you know, that were some seniors that were finally going to, you know, get a chance to be on varsity and, and, and kind of try to make a name for themselves this year. Yeah. I mean, for the five girls that we had that were seniors, um, all of them were on the team last year. So it was not going to be any new faces. I was hoping you never know, right? Someone could have come out of the woodwork last minute and said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to try out for the sport, but there was no, anyone that was on JV last year as a junior that was going to be coming back um, as a senior to, to play. Um, so from that perspective, you know, it's the five girls that, that I, that I've been with for a while now, um, you know, Tasha, obviously Tasha and Paisley, those are our two captains 
going into the season this year. And, you know, the goal was to, to hopefully have another captain identified, and that person would have most likely been Victoria Bruzic, who Victoria has, you know, she's been a four-year starter on the team as well, just like Paisley and Tasha. And it was going to be an opportunity for her to step up and shine and to, to demonstrate her leadership skills. Uh, and then, you know, we had Megan and Megan Vino. I should, you guys don't know the, I should probably say the last name. Uh, <laughs> Megan Vino and uh, Josie Farwell, which were both con- strong contributors to the team last year. And I was looking for them to take it to the next level too. Just, not just to, for themselves, but to demonstrate to the younger kids, hey, it doesn't matter if you're, not a starter your junior year or not a starter your sophomore year. Like there is the potential to really contribute over the course of your career. And you have to look for those opportunities when they arise and you have to shine in those opportunities. And I think that Josie and Megan both were stepping up in the off season. And I was looking forward to see what they could bring to the table as well. Jim, what would the what would the team have looked like this year? What would you have hung your hat on? Were you guys going to be a strong defensive team? Were you good in transition? Were you going to be you know an offensive firehouse you know power? Uh, were you going to be good in the draw? What what would the team's identity have been like this year? Or yeah, I think you think it would have been. Yeah, <laughs> great question. Uh, I I believe you know in my opinion we had a very strong midfield. Uh, all three starting midfielders were all state players last year, so we were looking forward to put those three girls back on the the midfield together again from a defensive perspective you know i was really excited about everything because defensively we have a bunch of sophomores that were defenders last year or as freshmen and we were probably going to have a starting lineup of four sophomores on the defensive side and a bunch of kids that i've been working together for a long time so they knew each other they knew what the the what girls were good at what they weren't good at and was really, I was definitely looking forward to that. And then you add into some of the freshmen that I felt like would be making contributions on the attack side, along with, you know, some of the other girls that we had on the team already. And I was, and I thought we were going to be strong across the board. I mean, we had 12 players that we were going to put out there and I was going to feel extremely comfortable um, going up against any team with, with the starting lineup. Well, that's not, that's really, that sounds really exciting though for, for uh, disappointing, obviously for this season, but it sounds exciting for next season. If you're talking about four sophomores on defense, freshmen contributing in the attack ends of the field. Um, I mean, do you feel, you feel pretty good about coming back next year, even though you're losing some talented seniors? I'm, I'm always excited. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> but as I told the kids tonight, we're doing film. It's, you know, this is not a break this, this spring, Anyone that takes this spring as a break and you're not out there for, you know, half hour to an hour a day working on your skill set, you're not going to develop. And then you're going to actually, this season's going to hurt you that since we lost the season, it, it's going to hurt them. So to get out there and really be involved and to really push themselves and they have to be, it has to come from within. I can't sit there and like in a practice and try to push them and motivate them like I normally can. This is now on the girls to really step up. And I, I was, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward. I've seen a bunch of kids that have been out there every single day. You can know they are. Because um, as I drive by their houses, I see them out there working. <laughs> um, not that I'm, I'm not stalking or anything. I'm just, you know, I was driving by. Um, but, you know, it, it's just one of those things that, um, I don't know, it's difficult 
this year, next year, I'm, I am excited about the team. But again, they have to work at it now. We can't wait till next spring or this this winter to put in the, the time. It, the time has to happen yearly. I certainly agree. The teams that come out of this the best are going to be the, the girls and the, and the, and the boys that, that motivate themselves and, and don't let the spring you know, become a wasted season. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to tell you the makeup of your organization, too. And, you know, co- co- going from last year, you know, we lost nine seniors to losing five more seniors this year. So from the last time we were going to be on the field, losing 14 kids, that's devastating to a program. But it doesn't have to be the end of, you know, of the positive things if these kids are working hard and they're ready to step on the field next year with a little bit of chip on their shoulder for not being able to play this year. Because, you know, we had girls that were going to hit their 100th goal this year. We had girls, you know, the girls that are juniors this year that had an opportunity to go after 100 goals in their career, which is going to be challenging for them now to hit those that milestone because they lost this season in the middle of their career. So, I don't know. I, I will attest to the uh, the not taking or, or not working on things because I went a couple of weeks without really writing anything, and uh, it's definitely been a struggle trying to remember words and stuff. Uh, and I'm, I'm being and I'm being completely serious with that. Like, I, I'm not I, I mean, I'm trying to be funny, but also I really mean it. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's for it's definitely for everyone. You need to I think you're, you're right. This is a time that, that everyone needs to kind of realize that they they need to continue to work on their craft. You had emailed me the uh, last week about something you guys did this past Sunday, correct? Um, that, yes. To, to kind of recognize your seniors. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Because I thought it was kind of a cool thing. Yeah, it, happy to talk about it. It was a, it was a huge success. Uh, we basically told the senior girls that we were going to take some social distancing senior pictures, and I dropped dropped the uniforms off the the on Saturday with a note saying, "Please be on the the field five o'clock on Sunday." And what we did is, in the background, we had had reached out to a bunch of different people to line up their cars at the field, so that we had a, a probably I'm guessing about 30 different cars that were there um, where people would be beeping and honking as these girls were being recognized individually. So we'd, we'd put one girl out there on the field at a time. They take pictures with their family, just like we would normally do on a senior day. They got their gifts. Once they were done with all that stuff, they go stand on the side of the, of the field right near the driveway and 30 kids, uh, 30 different cars would drive by beeping, honking, yelling, cheering. And then, we'd hit the reset button. The cars would loop back around. We'd do the next kid. Everyone would drive around and do the beeping and honking. And we just rinse and repeat for five different girls. And it was just phenomenal to see not just the lacrosse girls be there, but a lot of the seniors' friends were there, family members. Um, it was just, it was great. And those kids had a smile from ear to ear. And while they somewhat thought something else was going to be happening, they had no idea that what they were walking into. They were all just dumbfounded of how, how much, how many people cared about them. And that's what I think is important. That's so cool. That's, that's really cool that you guys did that. And I know a lot of, a lot of schools are turning on, turning on their lights and, you know, putting up, uh, you know, 2020 up on the, up on the scoreboard and everything, but that's a really unique way to, uh, to let the, let the girls know that you really care and, and valued as a program. And, and that'll go a long way to what you spoke about with, with culture and, you know, team chemistry and, and all of that. So that's, that's really neat. 
Like it was, I mean, I'd like to take all the credit, but I can't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this was, you know, probably two or three weeks ago. I just said to the, the underclassmen and just said, Hey, what are you guys going to do for the seniors? We're going to do something for them. What do you want to pull together? And, you know, in talking to those kids and some parents and just got different pieces of information from different people to kind of say, Hey, this is how we want this to look based on the, some of the feedback that we've heard. Uh, and, you know, that the, we've already <laughs> identified our captains for next year. So those two girls had an opportunity for the first time to really step up um, and show their leadership. And so they really took the bull by the horn and definitely leaned on some of this, the sophomores as well to make sure that, you know, what we pulled together was going to be a success. Well, it sounds like you got the make. It sounds like you got the making of a strong, strong leadership for next year, and and people were invested in the team. So it was a good opportunity for them. Absolutely. And uh, and Coach Eller, do you have any other other questions about the makeup of this uh, of this team? You know that the uh, your your standard uh, fun time questions here. I'm, I'm... <laughs> My fun time questions. <laughs> no. <laughs> We, so, hey, Jim, I've been doing, uh, we, we've been trying to do some fun stuff. We have a uh, COVID quarantine house and we assign everybody a job. And so I'm just, just curious, you know, on your team, do you have anybody, you know, on the team that would be, you know, leader of the, of the music, who's bringing, who's bringing the music to practice? If you were quarantined in the house, who, who's, who's got the best, who's got the best music on the team? Well, oh, I, I could tell you right now that every time I made a playlist, that thing lasted for about four minutes before the kids told me to change it. So <laughs> I, I can I can tell you who is not good at it. Um, yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, my daughter is on the team. She's a sophomore right now. And uh, I would probably say that she's pulled together a bunch of music while we've been doing some of the off-season stuff so that with the girls, as we're doing things, they had some music as we're doing, you know, working hard. So uh, I'll give Ellie some credit there. All right. Uh, I know at my school, our girls team likes to, they like to do crazy outfits and, and do get dressed up and things like that. So who, who's the team, who would who'd be leading the team fa- in, in fashion on the team, you think? Oh, fashion. I, that's, I only see them in lacrosse stuff. <laughs> uh, if you go with uh, ponytails and headbands, I could pick a couple of kids. Okay. Uh, well, well hairdre- <laughs> yeah, hairdressing, you know, for the boys, I call it crazy haircuts, but you know, the hairdressing, like, yeah, that could be, that could be part of it too. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Abby, Abby Magnashevsky, who's our one of, she's a junior right now and is going to be our, uh, one of our captains going into next year. Okay. All right. Anybody who would be the entertainer who keeps it light? Who, who's, oh, who's the jokester of the team? That's going to be both of our captains. So between Abby and uh, Brooke Allenack, those two keep it light. Um, nice. They know nice. when to work. They put their head down to work when it's time to work. But when we're not working, they're, they're a couple of goofballs, and I love it. It, it keeps love everything, it. everyone smiling, which is what we need. Very nice. Any other any other shout outs? Anybody else you think that that you, you'd want to mention before before we uh, before we close things up here? Yeah, of course. I mean, I could I could go on all day, but um, you know, Gigi Iliopoulos, who's my assistant coach, and then um, my uh, second daughter, who's the JV coach Emma Maxwell. The two of them, you know, without their help and their assistance this off season, and trying to bounce ideas off them on how we should progress or proceed during this COVID time. Uh, it, they have been absolutely instrumental in kind of just keeping me in check and making sure that what we're doing is really what the girls are going to want. Because as an, as an old man, uh, sometimes you need some younger, younger influence to make sure you're not doing something 
that is stupid <laughs> in their minds. Alexa, <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, we appreciate from the lacrosse community. We appreciate everything you're doing to keep the girls invested and, and keep the sport going strong during the, uh, during the time away right now. So thank you. No, thank you guys. I appreciate yeah, it. Jim, I can talk about HB lacrosse every minute, every day, if you want. So definitely, <laughs> definitely appreciate you taking the time and, uh, Hopefully we will uh, we'll get to see you guys sooner rather than later. That's that's for sure. I hope so as well. Uh, thanks to Jim Maxwell, Hollis Brookline Girls Lacrosse Coach, for joining us. Uh, certainly appreciate that. And uh, before we wrap up here, we're gonna we're gonna do our uh, our one non lacrosse. Uh, what have you learned from quarantine? Question of the week. Uh, so so uh, Chris, my question for you this week. Uh, you know, if you if you decided when when this is all said and done. Uh, from your experiences through this, you know, what, uh, what, what would be the new career for, for Coach Hetler? Where would you be going after this? Well, I think, I think I could be, I think I could be like a handyman. I, uh, you know, I did, I did recently purchase a house and they left us a bunch of toys, a leaf blower, <laughs> a riding mower, uh, you know, uh, handheld uh, lawn mowers and different things. And I've had to had to uh, repair a few things and, and figure things out. So I've gotten pretty handy with that. And uh, I don't know if it's something I discovered during quarantine. Actually, I know it's not, but uh, I really enjoy woodworking, believe it or not. I actually like to, I like to make things out of wood. And uh, for my birthday recently, my wife got me a drill press. So mm. I'm, I'm uh, all looking, not that, not that I want more uh, quarantine time here, but I'm looking forward to, to making some things. So you might get something soon, Joe, maybe a little, <laughs> little carpenter, say, carpenter's, you, uh, you you made me a very nice um I, I i'm not sure if since we're doing a high school podcast i'm not sure if i can mention um what specifically it was but uh you made me a very nice uh it, it, it's a holder for um some small glasses that you would pour <laughs> something into um yeah so yeah you are i have seen this firsthand you are very very handy with the woodworking so, so what do you think? You 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 picked up any skills? If uh, I don't, if, if all of a sudden newspapers so, completely die out, uh, well, <laughs> I think. Well, let's. Uh, I think we're headed there uh, already. I don't don't. I don't think that's going to become as a surprise if that ends up happening. Uh, but anyway, um, actually, one thing that I've I've become I haven't actually done any of it yet. Um, at least not to a degree more than just taking my phone out and taking some pictures. But uh, when I was when I was in high school, my my parents, as a graduation gift, got me a, a pretty nice film camera. Uh, for those of you that remember what film was, um, you know, and I I was really into taking pictures of of just about anything. And a lot of times, I would just sit in our backyard and take pictures of just the animals that were running around. And uh, you know, just with with so much uh, you know downtime, I found myself kind of. Just watching what these uh, what these critters are doing out there, and um, you know, kind of remembering what it was like to sit there and kind of take pictures of them. Like I said, I haven't actually done it yet, but yeah, I, I wouldn't. Maybe uh, maybe my next um, next well, career will be yeah, you know, get channel, some some wild yeah. Uh, yeah. some nice pictures of some squirrels and chipmunks and and blue jays, you know. So yeah, yeah I might I might get back. Joe Marshalling is wild New Hampshire. <laughs> I like it. I think he's got potential. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. If you start seeing animal pictures popping up on the website, then you'll know it's going well. <laughs> uh, Chris, I'd like to say, uh, you know, thanks again for uh, for hanging out and uh, doing this. Uh, certainly appreciate it, and and uh, hope you were enjoying it too. I enjoyed it. It was two really good, two really good guests tonight, and uh, you know, already looking forward to next week. Uh, you know, if we can get two guests like that every week, that'll be pretty good. 
be excellent. Yeah, just one, one more thanks to uh, Pinkerton coach Steve Goudreau and uh, Hollis Brookline coach Jim Maxwell for joining us. He is Dairyfield coach Chris Hetler, and I am Joe Marcellina, and we'll talk to you next week.